Have you ever walked past a dumpster and been like, yo, I wonder what's in that dumpster? I can put on these glasses or start eating that trash. Alright, I just want to say I am correct that Sting did do something with somebody. <laughs> I would like to say I'm sorry. <laughs> I did get a couple text messages from people listening to episode one. They're like, it's missing you by Puff Daddy. And people didn't get the woman right, but it was Faith Evans, which was Biggie Smalls' late uh, partner. Well, yeah. Late partner? Is she the late partner or he the late partner? (laughs) I'm not sure who's late, but that sucks. I know. That's a really bad song. But also, like, Puff Daddy, he's really bad. He's, like, not a good artist. I'm sorry. Like, it's bad. He's not, like, a great guy. Too bad his name's not Gary. Oh, it might be. (laughs) Okay. Oh, yeah. You're listening to the True Crime Dumpster podcast uh, with hosts Amy. And Kevin. And we're coming back at you with uh, part three of Sean Puffy Combs. No, part three of the Bad Garys. Um, So far, we've covered Gary Gilmore, Gary Glitter, and about half of Gary Ridley because there was just too much to cover in one episode. Um, Like we said before, we're not always going to do like these heavy hitters or anything, but to talk about some Bad Garys and not talk about the worst Gary uh, would be a disservice to our podcast. So, on that note, um, just a couple of housekeeping things. Were you going to mention the other Gary? Yes, our friend Kay kind of called Kay, us out. Kay. Uh, saying we forgot Gary Heidnick, I believe his name is, right? Yeah. Who, or Heinrich? No, Heid, Heid, Heidnick, yeah. Um. Who was the inspiration for, um, what was the movie? <laughs> Silence of the Lambs. That's the one, yeah. Yeah, the dude. Uh, he. Down in the basement. Basically dug a hole. Buffalo was, Bill. Yeah, yeah. Yeah. He dug a hole in his basement and kept women down there. Um, yeah, there's a lot of horrendous stuff on that. Um, he'll probably get his own episode at some point. Yeah. Yeah. Uh, you know, we forgot about that, Gary. So. But there, but there are some other honorable mention Garys. But I, just to throw out, there's a couple Garys I, I sort of like that aren't all bad. I thought of two. There um, you go. Well, one actually is a criminal, but he's not bad. A criminal. Uh Gary Busey. <laughs> he's, he's got, got mug shots. Yeah, he's got some pretty gnarly mug shots. Maybe for drunk driving. Who knows? Well, I think that he's actually done some stuff. But anyways. He was also, he was in Point Break, right? Maybe that's what he got arrested for. <laughs> <laughs> All right, moving on. Um, and then last but not least, of course, Gary Coleman, who was a lovely, lovely man uh, and did Are a lot of- Are you saying he's a bad Gary? No, I'm saying that he's one of the only good Garys I could think of. Uh. Um. I'm, You know, and I'm sure like other people are thinking of all kinds of Garys that they like, but- Uh, Gary Coleman was a really good guy, and he really got taken advantage by his family and, like, his lawyers and his agents and anybody managing him. And he ended up dying, like, what, like, nine years ago? Like, totally penniless. It's really sad because he was, like, making, like, $100,000 per episode at the time, like, in the 80s or 90s when he was doing, um, you know, the Jeffersons and... um, Different strokes. Different strokes. Yeah. 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 And he was just, he was a very cute little man. He was like 4'8 or 4'7. Anyways, he's a good Gary. I didn't know him. Well, I didn't either. Oh. But we also don't know all the other Garys that we're talking about personally, luckily. But uh, if I had to meet one Gary, I would pick Gary Coleman. <laughs> all right. Also, I just wanted to mention that last weekend I got to go to My Favorite Murder, which is another podcast that people might listen to. Probably never heard of it. Well, actually, probably people that listen to this podcast might not actually listen to it. Uh, 
they're a true crime comedy podcast um and they were in santa barbara for the weekend and i got to go see them and also filming at the time were um the murder squad which is billy jensen and paul holes who i mentioned in episode one paul holes was the uh, lead investigator on the golden state killer case and helped solve that um and billy jensen is an investigative journalist He's got a book out called Chase Darkness With Me. It's, it's awesome. Also, Paul Holes did um, Evil Has a Name. Both are memoirish, um, and they're both excellent. They both read their audiobooks on Audible, if you're interested. Um, I love both of them. Um, what was really cool about The weekend was their very special guest at the very end, who was um, Carol Daly. She was one of the original investigators on the Eron's um, Golden State Killer uh, when it was just the East Area Rapist case. And she was one of the first females to ever work in the Sacramento PD. She interviewed 100% of the victims. And um, in Evil Has a Name, a lot of the women name her as like one of the only positives about the whole ordeal. I think it was in Evil Has a Name. But anyways, nonetheless, it was a really awesome weekend. Um, true crime filled. Got to hear a lot of stuff. And uh, Carol Daly is super duper awesome. And she's just like a huge advocate for all things um, women and true crime and stuff. So there's that. Do you have a good weekend? Uh, yeah, it was great. <laughs> uh, so one last thing I wanted to mention was um, there are going to be time time from time to time. There's going to be some cases that come up that are going to be like relevant like we're not going to do a full episode on them or anything but definitely gets an honorable mention which is uh rodney reed in bastrop texas is a guy on death row that's going to be executed on november 20th and we know how they do in texas they do like to execute people and they do follow through with their executions and um, fortunately and unfortunately um like we talked about before, there's lots of innocent people on death row, um, which ooh, I'm super excited about the Just Mercy movie. Anyways, we can talk about Brian Stevenson later, but I love him. Anyways, um, Rodney Reed is on death row and he's part of the Innocence Project. So you can check out the Innocence Project's website on Rodney Reed. They're trying to stay his execution um, because of a lot of new evidence that comes up. And just just as a side note, like Rodney Reed isn't like a perfect individual. Um, he's definitely got a little bit of a past. I don't think there are things there are definitely things in his past he was never um, convicted of or even went to trial for. But it does seem from the evidence and confessions from the woman he's accused of killing um, uh, Stacy Stites, her ex or her fiance at the time, Jimmy Fennell, has basically confessed to killing him, according to his cellmate. When you know, I, years later, he ended up like doing some really bad stuff. That kind of seems like he could have definitely killed his ex fiance. Anyways, um, I could go a, a lot into detail about it, but I'd rather not. I did listen to episode two forty six of the Generation Y podcast about it. They do a really, really good job. And also it's about the episodes about two years old. Our dog is walking around <laughs> pacing. Um, the episode's about two years old, so it definitely doesn't have the immediacy of like now. Um, if you're interested in supporting petitions or anything, I would definitely recommend going to the Innocence Project website on Rodney Reed. There, there's a link to... Um, an interview he did recently, I believe, with who's that doctor that Oprah likes? Dr. Phil. He did a Dr. Phil interview um, recently from Death Row. There's a petition online that's garnered more than 2 million signatures on um, change.org. So they're really, really, really trying to pressure the Texas government to stay his execution. So again, definitely is worth a listen and maybe if you if they're not saying that he shouldn't be on death row or i mean they're not saying that he shouldn't be in jail or anything like that but they definitely want to stop the execution to go through some more t material but again it's texas and texas loves killing people all right that's all wow. i'll say okay there you have it yep 
Well, do you have something for us that's not as bummery? Um, I have the final installment of Gary Ridgeway. Oh, that's kind of a bummer. <laughs> okay. Um, I guess we'll get right to it. So in the last episode, we talked about uh, Gary's childhood, uh, dyslexia, bedwetting, motherly genital cleansing, Ugh. gonorrhea, his first couple wives, sex workers, and three years of murder. And also authorities spending millions of dollars and not having any main suspects or any leads or nothing concrete. Yeah. So the time that Ridgeway was killing people was between 1982 and 1985 when he meets Judith Lynch. Um, So they start a relationship and stuff. She's, ugh. I'll let you talk about her. Um, I think we mentioned her at the end of the last episode. So the rest of the story here is kind of like after He's... his killing spree. Mm-hmm. All right. Keep going. February 6, 1986, FBI agents and detectives have a prime suspect. Barney Tickenborg, an avid outdoorsman and fur trapper. He knew the area well where the women's bodies were being found. Uh, other trappers told authorities that Tickenberg would kill dogs and cats as well as the other animals that he'd trap for their furs or whatever fur trappers do. Pretty pretty sure it's for their fur. He probably (laughs) ate them too. So he worked. he didn't eat the dogs. Or cats. Or, well. Squirrels. Squirrels are fine. So he worked as a cement worker, and his colleagues would tease him or give him a bad time or talk shit um, about his habits with uh, sex workers. <laughs> like, ooh, you're yeah. having sex with someone you paid to have sex with. Naughty, naughty. Yeah. Apparently, Tickenberg just believed that women were objects to use, so... I mean, aren't we? Don't answer. The answer is no. <laughs> uh, okay. So he also had a police style bubble light in his truck. Ooh. As well as handcuffs and a fake police badge. So this that dude, would be a way to lure them in. This dude is sketch. Pretty sketchy. Yep. His coworkers also complained that he smelled like shit. <laughs> Just li- like poop. Yeah. Yep. Probably from all the pooping. animals and sex workers pooping on him. <laughs> yeah. Tickenberg was questioned by Jim Doyen from the Green River Task Force, as well as an agent from the FBI, for several hours. Uh, he denied having any knowledge of the murders, and was giving a polygraph test, which. Authorities say said he absolutely passed. Oh, passed. Yep. No, oh. he was. Well, seen as how he didn't do it, but. Yep. But the first guy who. The cab driver. Yeah, guy. he didn't pass, did no. he? Okay. No. So investigators had nothing solid on this guy, so they ended up having to turn him loose. Mm-hmm. I'm not sure how long he was a prime suspect, but. Mm-hmm. Um, but he definitely fit, fit their description of you know. The kind of what you would expect a serial killer to be, which is like a creepy dude. A stinky guy that kills dogs and cats. Yeah. And and he wasn't married, was he? No. Yeah, he was. Smells bad. Yeah, I mean, he had a job, but it's not like anybody liked him there. Nope. Nope. In March 1886, uh, some more bones are discovered about a half mile from where the first bodies were found. There's enough bones to tell that they were from a female but not enough to identify the victim mm-hmm. um, no skull no teeth uh, just a torso and a spine mm. and then May 2nd in 86 the remains of Maureen Feeney were found off Highway 18 Maureen oh sorry it's okay Maureen Feeney it's okay Maureen Feeney not you said Maureen I think it's Maureen 
I'm not from that age. Okay. You're not from... Okay. <laughs> you actually are from 1983. <laughs> I wasn't from 1983, but you were. Yeah, you were. No, I wasn't. I wasn't born yet. Oh, yeah, you weren't. Yeah, you were like, what, 47 then? I was still 47. <laughs> <laughs> so the action's kind of dying down. They're still find, finding stuff, but um, the task force is getting reduced by 25%. Um, Frank Adamson is no longer in command. Captain Jim Pompey replaces him, and he is fresh and enthusiastic hmm. and really thinks that they can catch the Green River Killer. But the detectives and other guys that were still on the, you know, on the case. Who had been on it for a long time. Yeah, not so optimistic. Uh, one name keeps popping up, uh, you know, going down the list of suspects and things. Please tell me it's Ridgeway. Because um, that would be nice. Yeah. If he finally... His name is yes. popping up. Okay, finally. What year is this? This is 86. Oh my gosh. Yeah. Whoa. And he'd been on the radar, but he now, you know. Because he, he didn't get caught till like 2000 something yeah, rather. Jesus. they had no like DNA. Oh, that's, or, that's so sad. Oh, well, I mean, the DNA stuff just wasn't there. Yeah. like I mean, the, we, they, they may have had DNA, but the DNA the technology, technology got wasn't. Better, yeah. yeah. It wasn't until like OJ. So. Early on, Detective Matt Haney chose Ridgeway as his number one suspect. Uh, and the more he learned about him, the more he thought that he was their guy. So Pompey and prosecutors get search warrants for Ridgeway's house, his locker at Kenworth, and the three cars that he owned, hmm. um, as well as hair and tissue samples. Tissue samples? How like do you get saliva, a t- I guess. Like the swab in your mouth kind of thing. Well, that's a that's a saliva swab. That's a swab. A tissue sample. That's like a biopsy. Yeah, they're just going to cut some. They're like, we're just going to cut your pound finger off. Pound of flesh yeah. off his back. <laughs> that would have been nice. So uh, he's taken to a station in Kent, Washington, uh, and photographed, and they take the samples and stuff there. They also grab um, a pair of white coveralls that he used at work um, and bag and tag them. And take him off to the place to get... Tested. Tested, yeah. Um, so, you know, the next day or whatever, when Ridgeway goes to work, all his coworkers start calling him Green River Gary. <laughs> oh, that must have felt weird, what, like 15 years later when he was finally caught to be like, oh, shit. Yeah, right. Um, like, how right were we? But you know what? They probably didn't. They wouldn't actually call him that if they thought he had actually done it. No, because like he. They just thought he was creepy. I think. Yeah, and like, like weird. Like a like a nerdy guy that doesn't know how to read. Yeah. If that makes sense. Well, yeah, and they also called him a dummy too because he would get the paint colors mixed yeah, up. Yeah, they call stuff. him a Gary wrong way. Yeah. Well. Because he would. That's what I call him too. Fuck up the paint jobs on those trucks. Yeah, because of his dyslexia, which, you know, I, I, I'm i not going to say I feel bad for Gary Ridgway at all, but I feel bad for people who have dyslexia. Or I just, I guess I'm sympathetic to them screwing up paint colors. <laughs> <laughs> you had one job to do, bud. Good job. So a couple of weeks go by and they get the results for the tests on the hair and saliva, blah, blah, blah. Uh, and they come back negative. How? Why? Uh, they, like, for whatever That's reason, really annoying. Like, yeah. I'm annoyed. He's a... Uh, he, me in 1986 or whatever this was, annoyed. Yeah. As two, a two-year-old. Two-year-old. Um, I really put my baby feet down. So they can't get an arrest warrant at this point. Yeah. Um, Duh. So right after this is happening, the... Commander Pompey dies in oh, yeah. a freak accident while scuba diving. Oh, yeah. Comes up too quick. Yeah. Probably. And Lieutenant Greg Boyle fills in while Bobby Evans finally takes over in December. Mm-hmm. Uh, 1988, Gary and Judith get married. 
Mm, I just Judith. <laughs> um, by nineteen ninety, she had no idea. No, she really didn't. I know that there are definitely like some like wives of or even husbands of like criminals who like definitely like looked the other way. You know, like I know that um the shoe fetish killer um Jerry Brudos um they really looked at his wife and they're like, are you really that stupid? Because he would like taxidermy like he taxidermied a boob. Like a female boob and like put it up on a wall. He had like body parts in the freezer and like he had his man room and stuff. But like people, I mean, I don't think she she wasn't found guilty of anything and she didn't serve any time. But a lot of people are like, are you fucking kidding me? You didn't know. You're an idiot. And I'm, I'm not saying that, but I'm just saying that like Judith, like like with Jerry Brutus's wife, there's an element of like. Okay, maybe she knew something was sketchy about him and like, you know, I don't blame her or anything, but she definitely looked the other way, I think. With Judith, I think her heart was pure. She just loved cats and gardening and she desperately loved her husband. It's just sad. Anyway, sorry, keep going. <laughs> well, don't go snooping around my man room. That's all I got to say. I know, I'll find some taxidermy I don't know. I don't want a beer or something. I don't know. <laughs> Just a bunch of, I don't know, beer bottles nailed to the wall. Okay. <laughs> I don't know. Or like weed. I don't. <laughs> uh, by 1990, they still have no solid suspects uh, and no fresh uh, bodies, bodies are being yeah. recovered. So the task force begins to quietly be dismantled mm. uh, where Frank and Adamson had 70 people working on the case Bobby Evans now had 17 and they've spent 15 million dollars at this point and still nothing to show but for a while now Ridgeway was investigators main suspect I guess since 97 they probably wanted to test those samples again so desperately. I wonder if that was like a lab error or something. Yeah, I think there were a couple. Slip-ups? Yeah, like sam- like some of the samples weren't stored properly and that sort of thing. Uh, dig- yeah, or degrade lost. samples or, yeah. Um, Man. So Dave Reichard, he's like been on the case since the beginning. Uh, he's, I guess, obsessed with it. He is now the head of the King County Sheriff's Office, mm-hmm. and he's kind of quietly keeping the case alive. Um, I'm not sure what they're getting for funding, but um, around this time, new evidence was found in the way of small flecks of paint discovered ah, on some of the remains. So this car paint, you say? Well, they didn't say car paint. They, they said it was a very paint. it was very like unique. a very specific unique type of paint that would only be on like an automobile from the Kenworth plant basically. Dun dun dun. It's so crazy that a paint sample, a paint fleck could yield more results than his blood and tissue, you know what I mean? Ugh. Yeah, it was I don't just want to think about his blood or nail tissue. Nail in the coffin cuz they already had like well, we'll get to it, but Yeah. Um, but it's just crazy that paint is more likely to lead to the suspect than his blood or DNA. You know what I mean? Yeah. That's, and I know, again, the technology's not there. You can't get away with nothing these days. Yeah, we got your I guess blood. That's good. <laughs> yes, it is, Kevin. Well, I just track your <laughs> smartphone now. Yeah. So there. So there. <laughs> Um, skip to November 16th, 2001. Uh, authorities arrest Ridgeway trying to solicit sex from an undercover police officer. Again. Where have we heard right? this one? You gotta stop. Well, you know so, what? I'm glad he didn't stop soliciting fake sex workers because that's how you were caught, sir. He gets arrested and all that um, and questioned, but, and like he's on, he's the. <sighs> In, on the A category of their suspect list, and they've starting to like get, you know, solid things on this guy, but they don't hold him. I don't. I don't know why. 
it's crazy too because he also convinced his wife that it like wasn't a big deal and like I just when I was reading that book um, Green River Running Right and Rule she just kept saying that like Judith just kept insisting that like oh well he said that he was in the wrong place at the wrong time and he was actually trying to help somebody with their truck and it looked like something and he was something rather and I'm pretty sure he just pled guilty because it would have been more expensive to fight it. So, like, she just, like, had no idea. He was, he, like, straight up went to court for soliciting a sex worker that was a police officer undercover. And she still, like, bought his story of, like, whoop, wrong place, wrong time. Gonna have to just plead guilty. It's cheaper than trying to fight it. But you know I'm innocent, babe. Well, he was apparently a cunning linguist. Ew, I think he was just a charmer. I think that's what you're trying to say. Because he talked his way out of being arrested. Well, not, uh, you know, out of being arrested, but, like, he talked the cops his way, yeah. came to his house a couple of times. Yeah. You know, he got popped for prostitution several and, times. And, man, like, he, he must always... have gotten off, man, every single time. <laughs> no, I'm just saying, like, when the police left and didn't arrest him for murdering a shit ton of people... He was probably just like, I'm smarter than all of you, yeah. you teachers that said I was stupid and you people that called me Gary Wrongway. I'm yeah. smarter than all of you, you know? He did think that. Yeah. So, speaking of new DNA breakthroughs. Nice segue. <laughs> <laughs> um, Beverly Himmick from Washington State Crime Lab was able to match... DNA left on Marsha Chapman to Ridgeway using... Leave it to a woman. Oh, come on. <laughs> well? Who do you think invented the wheel? Women. Because <laughs> you guys wouldn't let us... Aliens. Well, yeah. That's who. Miracles. So, the, yeah. How do, how do magnets work? Um, that was a little ICP reference yeah, for you. <laughs> I, th- I thought it was a miracle. Um... DNA also linked Ridgeway to the murders of Opal Mills and Carol Christensen. November 30th, 2001, police arrived to the Kenworth plant and questioned Ridgeway about Carol Christensen. And mm-hmm. if they, specifically if they had any sexual relation, mm-hmm. uh, relations. Ah, yes. This is uh, the, I love this. The setup. It's the setup. So he shakes his head no. No. Wrong answer, Mr. Wrongway. He really wrong-wayed it there. Mm. Uh, Because after finishing his shift, detectives Mullinex and Dolan arrest Ridgeway for murder. Because they find his DNA on her, right? So if he had never been with her. Exactly. Then they know, they straight up, they got him in a lie. If he had said, yeah, I had consensual sex with her or yeah i paid her for sex or something then then there would be a reason reason. for his dna to be on her and he could have like slipped out ew (laughs) (laughs) wow ew uh didn't well he could have slipped under the cover of i'm gonna stop talking you keep going (laughs) Uh, i think we all know what she's trying to say um yeah so December 5th, Ridgeway is formally charged of aggravated murder. Uh, Finally. What yeah. year is this? This is... 2001? 2001. Christ almighty. I mean, um, he was killing before I was born, and then he gets caught like the year I graduated high school. Blah. Yeah. It's crazy. Um, so he's... It's too long. Charged for, uh, with the murders of Marsha Chapman, Opal Mills... Cynthia Hines and Carol Christensen. Uh, Ridgeway pleads not guilty. March 27th, 2002, the coveralls obtained by investigators in 87 linked Ridgeway to the murders of Wendy Caulfield, Deborah Bonner, and Deborah Estes um, through the paint chips that were microscopically matched to the ones he used, or to the paint mm-hmm. that he used at Kenworth. So. That's the paint connection there. Yep. Can't slip out of that one. Ridge way. <laughs> Wrong way. Um, Raper murder way. So, yeah, he's fucked. Um, Good. 
his team of attorneys contact the prosecutor, Norm Malang, to strike. That's got to be the crappiest job on earth, defending Gary Ridgway. Yeah. Um, so they try to strike a plea deal to escape the death penalty. Ridgway would confess to all 48 murders and help detectives even locate though, even the Even though there the were 49, right? At least. But there were some Jane Doe's in there that they really couldn't, I guess. I think there was some like partial stuff and they weren't able to get the 49th. But realistically, there's probably closer to 60. He's a admitted, monster. Yeah, he's admitted up to like, yeah, 60. Yeah, 60, 70. 70. Yeah. And like, I know a lot of um, serial killers like pad their numbers to make them seem more badass. And I don't think he's above that at all. But there is a part of me. That is, I truly believe that his numbers are higher than 49. Yeah, probably. He probably doesn't even know. God, um, a fucking freak. So prosecutors begrudgingly agree to the to the plea deal. Um, November 5th, Ridgway pleads guilty to all 48 accounts of aggravated murder. Uh, December 18th, he's sentenced to life in prison without possibility of parole i'd like him to get parole and just like have like 50 vigilante just you know what i mean like anyways all right so ridgeway helped investigators locate some of the girls but most of them still remain unfound to this day um he would tell detectives how he'd pick up dates or lure women into his truck when they were on the defensive He'd tell them how he'd kill them, uh, and the whole time never showing any emotion. Uh, he also told how he'd return to the sites of fresh kills to rel- relive his crimes and have sex with the bodies. Mm-hmm. Um, Which is something that um, didn't Bundy... Yeah, that's the thing he, that Bundy was right things, about. There's a couple yeah. The returning so. to the scenes of the crime and... Re- wanting to relive that initial excitement. So, yeah, he was right about that one. Um, he also told... He was only right about that one because he had done it, you little freak. Yeah. Um, he told police how he'd take the bones of some of his victims across state lines into Oregon uh, to throw investigators off. Mm-hmm. And he'd also throw, like, cig- cigarette butts. He didn't smoke. Yeah, he would like or like stuff from like hotels or like Yeah, he would get like um chewed gum with like other people's DNA on it to like throw off. Like he would just like he was just a little garbage collector and would just like, you know, s- s- put it all around crime scenes to throw investigators off. And obviously it worked. Um yeah, it worked for until 2001. Yeah. Uh police also talked to his like ex-wives and stuff. And his second ex-wife, Marsha Winslow, took detectives to spots uh, where Gary used to take her to have sex in the car and stuff or out in the woods because he was a freak like that. And these were really close to, like, these clusters where, uh, you know... Of where bodies were found. The bodies he was dumping. That's pretty creepy for her, I'm sure. So during court proceedings... Uh, the victims' families uh, have a chance to confront Ridgway, to which he remained emotionless until the parents of Opal Mills had the chance to speak. And uh, her father said, uh, Mr. Ridgway, there are people here that hate you. I am not one of them. I forgive you for what you have done. God says to forgive all, so you, sir, are forgiven. And... At this, uh, Ridgway actually removed his glasses and wiped tears from his eyes. So, tears of a clown, a murderous, raping clown. That's that, what I have to say, sir. That's Gacy. Well, y- you know what I mean. But, um, so Ridgway apologized to the court and to the families for what he did, he apologized to his family as well. For what he'd put them through. Boo fucking who. Yep. And yep. also for the victims not yet found. Hmm. 
the judge asked for 48 seconds of silence to honor the to the victims uh, and sentenced Ridgway to 48 consecutive life sentences without possibility of parole or early release. Ridgway is still alive. He's confined to a high-security cell 23 hours a day at the Washington State Penitentiary in Walla Walla, Washington. And uh, he's kind of kept in solitary because other prisoners there would love to give him a present which is a shank to the stomach there i think there already has been a few attempts on him so Mm -hmm. like they keep him away from everyone else but uh he's still there and still alive unfortunately yeah, I mean, it was. it's also interesting, too. You know, we lived in Portland for the last very, very long time. And this being a Pacific Northwest case, I've definitely had a couple people in my life be connected to the Green River Killer. One is um, my former colleague. Um, a couple of his um, classmates growing up had gone to kind of the big city. You know, they had gone up to Seattle from Portland to um you know turn some tricks and run away from home and i think they were gosh i think they were in like middle school or maybe they were like freshmen in high school or something they were really young it's crazy and um they were victims of gary ridgeway and uh last year when we were talking about the green river killer very briefly it was mentioned in an essay um this girl who didn't always pay attention in class like her head popped up and she's like, my grandmother was murdered by Gary Ridgway or by the Green River Killer. And it was just kind of like, it was hard. I, I'm, you know, I'm into true crime. And and I will admit, you know, I, I'm a bit of a gawker, you know, a little bit of a rubbernecker sometimes. But um, I always try to do it out of, you know, respect and never like, I'm not like amused by it necessarily. But I don't want to necessarily just be entertained by it. But it really took me back and I ended up talking to her about it a lot. And, um, it's just, it's very sad. She's, I don't think she's one of the, um, the 48 that he was convicted of because it, like we said, there's a lot that whose bodies haven't been found, but apparently her grandmother was a, a teenage sex worker who had, um, just recently given birth. And, um, in order to survive, basically, she had turned to sex work and I believe was trying to flee um, an abusive relationship with her partner and um, was never seen again. And I think that he gave enough detail as to be able to point to that or maybe her body was found and it was, you know, she she didn't know a ton of it because it was really kept from her. It was also kept from her mother, who was the baby at the time. And um, the mother was actually raised by her grandmother, which was my student's great grandmother. And they just kind of um, just kind of didn't talk about it and swept it under the rug a little bit. And as her mother got older, she was finally told that. And they were at um, the victim impact statement place, you know, where um, where they could talk to Gary Ridgway. Um, She said that her mother went her mother and uh, great-grandmother went and um, got to face Gary Ridgway and tell them how um, what he did affected their lives but again like I don't um, she's not when I looked her up she was only she was on two different lists um, but she wasn't on the official list so anyways it was just living in the Pacific Northwest undoubtedly there will be some connections to some pretty heinous killers because although I know that crime is more rampant down here um in Southern California and in Northern California and stuff the Pacific Northwest just like has the gnarly serial ones where like they have some of the highest numbers because Ted Bundy was operating a lot in the Pacific Northwest too right mm-hmm. Mm-hmm. Yeah, that was Tacoma Washington because that's where Ann Rule met him yeah so yeah uh being from up there like he was always kind of like a boogeyman green river killer yeah like he was definitely uh and he wasn't even caught when you lived there yet no he's still still around yeah um but yeah he was definitely part of like people's consciousness for sure yeah 
All right, let's so talk about that's that's Gary Ridgway. Yeah, yeah. That's it. Man, he, by far the worst. I'm gonna go ahead and say just the worst. Went on way too long. But I think our largest Gary that might have claimed more victims than Gary Ridgway over time is Gary Indiana. Gary Indiana, let me say it once again. Fucking Gary, Indiana. Yeah, and you've been watching a lot of videos and stuff about Gary, Indiana. I've gone down the rabbit hole watching like videos of people just driving through the neighborhoods, videotaping it, and it's insane how many vacant places there are. Mm-hmm. It's like not even vacant, but like falling apart, abandoned ghost town. It's yeah. <laughs> it's like a zombie movie. It's fucking freaky. Yeah. Let's go. Let's do it. Yeah, we could buy a whole city block for 30 cents. Sure. Um, and like watching these videos, I have to like read the, you know, the comments on YouTube oh, are yeah. amazing. Uh, so all these people that live there uh, or like have stories to tell about like getting lost there and being pulled over by the cops once they get outside of town because mm-hmm. cops would be following them. Um, and when the cops pull them over, they say to never go to Gary, Indiana <laughs> at night ever. Mm-hmm. And when you come up to a stop sign, never stop. The police say the that? The police say that. They're like, and the ig- police ignore the don't law. Pull, the police don't pull the people over in the city. They wait till they're outside of the city because they don't want to stop. <gasps> what? That's, I mean, that's the stories I've I mean, if it's on, if it's a YouTube comment, I mean, it's got to be real. Only YouTube comments are real. (laughs) 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 All right. Tell Um, us about this lovely place. Yeah, let me give you, let me give you some. Houses for a dollar, right? Well, yes, but we'll talk about that in just a moment. Um, Gary, Indiana was once a thriving steel town. Uh, and was named after the lawyer and founding chairman of the United States Steel Corporation, Elbert Henry Gary. Elbert. With an E? E. Elbert. Okay. That is what I will name my... Next stool. <laughs> <laughs> okay. Uh, Elbert Henry Gary. In the 60s, uh, Gary was victim to the so-called Rust Belt... That is overseas steel competition, forcing companies to lay off hordes of people. As the city declined, crime increased while more and more buildings became abandoned. Um, Since the late 1960s, Gary has lost 55% of its population. It is estimated that nearly one third of all houses in the area are unoccupied or abandoned. And it sounds like probably more than a third. By 1993, Gary earned the not-so-fun nickname of Murder Capital of the U.S. Um, yay! With a murder rate of 91 per 100,000 people, which at the time was three times that of Chicago. Um, which is not a good thing to be compared to. Nope. Um, Gary, Indiana is about 30 miles away from Chicago as well. It's super close. Wow. Though. I think so. I wonder if there's people who are like, man, Chicago's too expensive. I'm moving to Gary, Indiana and or commuting. They just commute to make to cause murders or commit murders. Well, cause what's so murders, crazy is that like real estate in Chicago is like insane. And it's so crazy to think that like you could literally buy a house for a couple thousand dollars. And you can like we'll talk about being able to buy a house for a dollar because there's definitely terms attached to that. But like you could legit buy probably a nice house for a couple thousand dollars and just commute but again like all of those things are under the 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 commitment that you're gonna fix it up though so even though you're buying something for a dollar as is means a lot there yeah a whole lot um that's what they should rename the town as is (laughs) (laughs) no returns (laughs) Mer- all merchandise as is. All Gary's as is. Yeah. Um, there are a couple of good things about Gary, Indiana, because, again, it wasn't all bad. Um, Gary had one of the uh, of the nation's first African-American mayors, Richard G. Hatcher, um, and hosted the groundbreaking 1972 National Black Political Convention. 
probably because there was a lot of vacant buildings. Um, one of the most, probably the most famous thing about Gary, Indiana, is that it is where the Jacksons are from. Yep. And specifically Michael Jackson, which again ties into our true crime bend bend here. Don't forget um, about Latoya. Wait, did she do anything bad? No. No. Not, not that I know. Well, of. no, I'm just saying all the Jacksons are from there, but mm-hmm. the but the 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 bad Jackson was Michael. So they say. Yeah, it's true. Sorry. I don't know about that. Well, you were a little boy back then. Are you sure? Did you ever go to the I Ranch? I loved that Thriller record. I would sing it at my daycare and people <laughs> would make fun of me. Oh, well. good. Um, <laughs> what's funny, too, is that the Jackson's Childhood Home is located at 2300 Jackson Street. I'm wondering if that was named after. It's like the chicken and the egg. Yeah, because... They would have changed their names to Jackson because they were on Jackson Street. No. Um, On the corner of Jackson and West 23rd Avenue, uh, that's where they lived. And I think it's still there. And I think it might be a museum. No, it's not. Why did I say that? There's just... People leave flowers. People... Gary Chief of Police Thomas Houston was convicted of excessive force and abuse of authority in 2008. And he died in 2010 while serving a three-year, five-month federal prison sentence. Chief of police. Um, in prison. You stare into the abyss too long. You are the abyss. The abyss stares into you. Yeah. It's like Event Horizon. <laughs> it's like the best movie. Okay. About 13,000. 000- Gary Indiana's like Event Horizon. <laughs> it might be in some ways. Oh, yeah. They're all like their eyes are all hollow because they've seen something. Let's never go there. Okay. About 13,000 properties were considered blighted in a 2015 survey. Oh, I'm just thinking about Event Horizon. Over a third of the structures there. Yeah, like we said. Serial killer Darren Dion Van was uh, arrested in 2014 for murdering local women and hiding their bodies in abandoned houses throughout the town. Like, yeah. If you got, like, thousands of banded houses, it's just, like, thousands of places to hide bodies. They call it a murder or a serial killer's playground there. Yeah. They've also called places in Ohio uh, serial killer's playgrounds. They think that there's actually, like, three active serial killers in Ohio right now. Um, What about Indiana? I'm sure there's probably three, at least. Um. Uh, and though seven bodies have been found of Darren Dion Vans, um, there's a chance that there are still more out there. The mind-bending volume of derelict homes means that there are many places left to look. And then in a 2019 article written by Aria Bendix for uh, Business Insider says that the city of Gary, Indiana is selling a handful of homes for just one dollar. Uh, but buyers are expected to renovate them within one year. The dollar home practice. There's actually like a program called the dollar home program uh, is part of a strategy to reverse decades of urban blight, which has plagued the city since the decline of the steel industry in the 60s. And yeah, when I was looking for more properties up for grabs, like literal grabs, like if whoever touches this first gets it, you know, Um I, when I was looking for um, home buying programs and stuff like that, uh, there was an article from, I think it was like 2010, being like, who wants 10 slightly or like five or 10 slightly used schools? Well, you can get them in Gary, Indiana. <laughs> like, five or 10? Yeah, like it was the like. Costco of selling schools? <laughs> well, yeah. And I guess like, um, you know, public schools use, you know, public money. And if there is no public, um, because they all went away. Um, charter schools are pretty rampant in Gary, Indiana. And so, because, you know, charter, charter schools use a fraction of what it costs to run public schools. But as a public school employee, I'm going to give that a thumbs down. <sighs> I give Gary and Indiana a thumbs down. Sorry, Gary, Indiana. The thing I, that I like about Gary, Indiana is that it's you got never have to stop your car. Like, literally, you just mow through the whole town. You're encouraged to never stop. 
you're encouraged to run over so pedestrians. So I think Sammy Hagar might like it there because he could just drive 55 all over the place. I knew you were... For some reason, I knew you were going to go there. It's the Red Rocker. <laughs> Where's he from? Cabo Wabo. <laughs> uh, he would do great in Gary, Indiana. I as long as he keeps going 55, I think he'd be okay. Yep. <laughs> well. I think... Um, We've come to the end of our Gary presentation. Fest. <laughs> yeah, Gary Fest. Our is... presentation. This is... <laughs> so if you would look over here to this graph with my laser pointer. <laughs> uh, yeah. You can email us to tell us about more Gary's or to just say hi. Send us a picture of your favorite Gary. To true crime dumpster at, at gmail.com. Or I don't oh yeah, we have a Facebook group. Uh it's called True Crime Dumpster. I, I you know what? Nobody else has that name. We're unique. Yeah, so you could just type that all day and, and just eventually us. we'll find we'll you. We'll pop out of a dumpster. <laughs> yeah. You, it's like Beetlejuice. You say dumpster, dumpster, dumpster. Yeah. And we just you go in the appear. bathroom and you turn off the lights and you go <laughs> counterclockwise three times and you say true crime dumpster. True crime dumpster, true crime dumpster. And there we are. Yeah. If you could say it three times without fucking You just have up. to do all of that and then you can join our Facebook group. <laughs> That's how you get on there. And then you yeah, can I'll... send us an email and then we probably won't respond. <laughs> We'll just throw it in the dumpster. We'll print it out just to throw it in the dumpster. All of our emails go straight to the trash anyway. So, uh, so well, thanks for listening. Yeah. Um, we're going to come back next week uh, or maybe the week after. We'll see. Um, with a whole new set of messed up stories for you. But not uh, about, one Gary. But not, you know. Promise. What? Well, I'm not, I can't promise that. I can. Okay, fine. Wait, that guy's name wasn't Gary. I'm not sure yet. <laughs> <laughs> All right, thanks for listening. Have a horrible day. <laughs> oh, yeah. <laughs> That's my lovely wife. Take care, guys. <laughs>